Good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Jose Luis, and I'm so pleased to share with you tonight about this wonderful topic, which is very much in my heart, on fruit bearing. Okay? So let me just spend a few minutes uh, to introduce this topic in the context of God's desire. Do you know that God desires to have an expression of himself in this universe? In Numbers 14.21, he says that all the earth should be filled with the glory of Jehovah. That is, he wants the whole earth to be filled with his expression. And to accomplish that, he did something very marvelous. And that is, he created you and me in a very particular way. He created man after God's image and likeness so that man could express him on this earth. And then God did something very, very, um, very interesting. He comes to man and he utters the first words to the man he, he had just created. This should be very interesting to all of us. Have you ever wondered? What are the first words of God to man? Did he say something about you have to worship me? You have to obey me? You have to keep certain commandments? You have to do good? He could have said many things. But the answer to this question is related to his purpose. Remember, God is after an expression of himself. He created man with the capacity to express God. Then, two verses later, in Genesis 1.28, God blessed man and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. When God blessed you, he entrusted you with the greatest ability, which is that you can pass his life to somebody else. This is your greatest ability. This is a great privilege. And this is our responsibility. That is to receive God's life and to pass this life to somebody else. And so this brings us to the subject of fruit bearing. Okay? And in a moment, we will see what this fruit is. Okay? I want you to be clear um, the way I'm using this word fruit for this message tonight. Okay, so we can go to the uh, next one. Okay. The first thing I want you to realize and to know and to be convinced 
is that fruit bearing is our destiny. Okay, there's a sister here whose name is Destiny. I told her, I'm going to be speaking about your name tonight. <laughs> fruit bearing is your destiny. And so we can see this very clearly in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. How about, brothers, you read verse 8 and the girls, verse 16. Go. Very good. You see how this chapter, and particularly verse 8, connects Numbers 14.21 with God's desire to have an expression and fruit bearing. Because it says, in this is my Father glorified. This is how the riches of my Father's divine life are expressed. And that is through your fruit bearing. Okay. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 16, because this verse says, I chose you, and I set you. The Greek word for set here is a very strong word. It's more than just appointing you for something or ordaining you to do something. When you combine, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I set you, that means that your destiny is to bear fruit. It was not up to you. It is not your option. This is your destiny, okay, to bear, to bear fruit. So it was not a decision to be a branch of Christ, the vine. God put us in him. And the destiny of the lovers of Christ is to bear remaining fruit. Okay. In the next slide, we're going to see what is the evidence of life. We enjoy Christ as life, right? And we should be those who love the Lord and enjoy Him. In John chapter 1, verse 4, says that in Him was life. Many years ago, maybe about I don't know, 30 years ago, an older brother, when I was a student on this campus, asked me this question. What is sad about verse 4 in John chapter 1? <laughs> in him was life. And I said something like, well, it's good that the life is in him, but not in me. That's the sad part. <laughs> It's good that it's in him, in him was life, and you have to know that that life is not the human life, it's the divine life, the uncreated life of God. So it's good that in him was life, but what about, what about us? <laughs> the dead ones, the ones who are dead in offenses and sins. Okay, well, he came, verse 10, you have it there, I have come. If, any, if, if at any time somebody asks you why the Lord Jesus came now, why did, did the Lord Jesus come? Now you have the answer. He came that we may have life, the divine life. And that's good just for us. But then he, he goes on and says, and that you may have it abundantly. 
question is, how does it look a life that is abundant? Well, John tells us, it looks like fruit bearing and it looks like shepherding others. That's the face of an abundant life. So the evidence of life, the evidence that you are enjoying Christ's life is fruit. Okay? So, <clears throat> in the next bullet, uh, it explains that when we talk about fruit tonight and in John 15, this is not referring to the Christ-like virtues, like the ones in Galatians 5, which are the fruit of the Spirit. These are the Christ-like virtues produced by the Holy Spirit in you and are reflected by your character. We're not talking about that. In the New Testament, there is that aspect of fruit. Tonight, and in John 15, the fruit we are talking about is the people that we gain by preaching the gospel to them, by leading them to Christ, by they receiving the life of God into them. That's the fruit we are talking about. That's the multiplication of Christ. It's not just my human virtues produced in me by the Holy Spirit, which are good, right? We need that. But here is people, the people that we gain by passing this life to them. Okay? Let's go on with the next one. Okay, so the issue of the enjoyment of Christ is not merely the growth of the branch, but fruit-bearing. That's why the picture there is just a branch. It's growing, but it lacks something. It lacks fruit. So our abiding, brothers and sisters, is not just for me to grow, okay? Our abiding is for fruit-bearing. Abiding is not for abiding. Abiding has a definite goal in John chapter 15, and that is that abiding is for fruit-bearing, which is your destiny and my destiny. You have been appointed uh, by God for this, and I have been appointed by God for this. Okay? It's not just our growth. Sure, by abiding in Christ, by enjoying all the riches of his life and the divine supply, we grow in Christ. But we cannot stop there. It's not enough to grow. We must bear fruit. Okay? Well, the next one I need to say something. I put this next slide not with intention to be funny, but to impress you with something, okay? So it's going to look a little funny, but it's not, that's not my intention, okay? Okay, so here we have abiding is for fruit bearing. That cartoon, I didn't know about it. It came out in the 1949, 1950, and I first heard about it in 2005 when there was a special gathering or conference and somebody made a reference to the baby Huey. And that is a 
gigantic, naive duckling, always receiving and growing and remaining like that. Poor mama is just always caring for him, providing the milk that he wants, and he's just growing and growing with that big diaper. Okay? How about you all read the first bullet? Go ahead. Okay, it is impossible. It's just not possible for a branch to abide in the vine and enjoy all the riches of the divine life, right? And yet, not bearing fruit. It's just impossible, okay? Now, the thought that we can abide in Christ and enjoy all his riches without bearing fruit is a self-deceit. Something must be wrong with that enjoyment. There is something that is not right because it is impossible to be a branch of Christ grafted into him and yet not bearing fruit. You have to see, you have to see this, you are a branch of Christ. You did not choose, choose this. It was not up to you. God the Father put us in Christ. It was Him. So, as branches of the vine were grafted into Christ to enjoy all the riches with the goal to bear fruit and that this fruit will remain. Okay? Then the next bullet says, we should not be satisfied with the enjoyment of Christ in vain. The enjoyment of Christ must have an issue. And we already mentioned this. It's not merely that the branch will grow, but that the branch will bear fruit. That should be the issue. Okay? I mean, John 15 is very clear. The Lord Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We are not just Christians, we are branches, okay? And a branch in the vine is only good for something, to bear fruit, that's it. It's not good to make uh, furniture or any other thing. It's not good for anything. That wood is good for nothing else but to bear fruit, okay? Now, notice something. In a vine is not the old big branches that bear the clusters of grapes is actually the tender ones. In English, we only use the word branch. In Spanish, we have two words that make a distinction. You see, in Spanish, when you read the version in Spanish, it doesn't say ramas, that's branch. It says pampanos. Yo soy la vid, vosotros los pampanos. I am the vine, you are the tender branches. And I'm looking here, I'm so glad in this room, there are a lot of tender branches. You are the ones that have the highest potential to bear fruit. It's not the older ones like me, but the younger ones like you. And on this campus, you have that opportunity, right? To, to, to uh, seize the opportunity while you are young to bear 
some fruit for the glorification of the Father. Okay? Do not despise your youth. And do not think that all the ones like me, like Carrie or Neil, we are the ones who are going to bear fruit. No, it's you. You are the ones. I think Paul touched this matter last, last week. Right? The power of the gospel is in your youth, your newness. Okay? So, let's make a deal. You know, we should not become baby Hueys. On this campus, we cannot become. We need to enjoy Christ. We are very much for the enjoyment of Christ. But this enjoyment of Christ needs to have an outflow. Needs to be passed to somebody else. And in a moment, we will see this is the best time of your life to experience this. Okay? Okay, the next one. Um, Bearing fruit by abiding in Christ. How about we all read verse 15, 5. Go. Okay, here are two big things that you need to be impressed with if we're going to bear remaining fruit. The first one is in the first bullet there, that we must see the fact. This is a fact, brothers and sisters. It's not a maybe. It's not if I want or if I become a better Christian. Brothers and sisters, it's a fact. You are a branch. We're not trying. I mean, we sang that hymn. We're not trying to be in the vine or be part of the vine. We are grafted already into Christ. We are in him already. Even we sang that, hallelujah, I'm abiding in the vine. We are in him already. You are in him already. Okay? And you didn't do it. I put those two verses that you need to remember. Okay? Write them down. 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him, that is God, you are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. And then the second verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says that God is the one who firmly attaches us. And I like the next few words, with you, meaning it's corporate. It's many branches. It's not just me, Jose Luis, the individual branch. The one who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ and has anointed us is God. Okay? Which means Christ, being the anointed one, he was commissioned by God to carry out his purpose, and you and I have been firmly attached, grafted into him, so that whatever he receives, whatever he can do, you receive and you can do as well. We are grafted into Christ, the anointed one. Okay? Now that we are in him, the second bullet says that we must maintain our fellowship with him. Any kind of insulation will separate us from him. Any disobedience, any sin, any sinful thought, we have to deal with those things quickly because they separate us from abiding practically in our experience in the vine. Okay, so we are in him already, but we have to learn to deal quickly with any kind of barrier between him and us. Okay, so that's, that's the point there. Fruit bearing, of course, in, involves a flow. 
It's very simple. Number one, Christ flowing in through our enjoyment of him. That's one aspect of the flow. Christ flows in. And as a branch of the vine, you must abide in him to enjoy him every day. For the rest of your life, that needs to be our experience. That flow needs to come into us. That means we are enjoying Christ. I'm a branch in the vine. But here comes the problem. <laughs> it's the second arrow, actually. That's the problem, because if, doesn't, if that doesn't happen, then there is no fruit. The second arrow is Christ flowing out through, right, our fruit bearing. He needs to flow out. So Christ flows in, Christ flows out. And if that happens, there you have fruit. Very simple, right? It's just a flow. It's Christ flowing in and flowing out. Okay. Then, if we are a branch abiding in the vine, fruit comes out of our health. When you abide, and I think Paul touched this last week, this flow in and out, that will keep you healthy. You want to be a healthy Christian? You must experience this double flow. Christ flowing in and flowing out. Okay? And it says that fruit... The fruit of life does not come by means of a miracle. Fruit comes out of our health. Okay? If I'm not bearing fruit, maybe I'm not that healthy. I'm not that vital. So we need to be healthy and normal. And we should not expect, especially in this campus, to get many people saved at once. We should always be prepared to bear one remaining fruit a year. The Lord is not asking you that much. He's not demanding you that much. He, we have to be prepared to bear one fruit per year. Right? And it's not that difficult. You are in a place where God has arranged something for us to experience this matter. Because every single year, he sends to this campus alone 8,500 freshmen. And we have to believe there must be some within this upcoming group, 2019, summer of 2019. Some are coming. And we have to believe that God has arranged everything in their environment to bring them to this campus so that we can bear them as fruit that remains. Every year. In 2020, 8,500 will come. And so forth and so on. It's a non-stop. Okay? So, be prepared to bear one fruit per year. What a wonderful thing will be. And I don't think... This room will be so silent. It will be, we could not control ourselves. If a year from now, each one of us will have a little baby on, by our side. We will be, be beside ourselves. We just, really. It will be, imagine. I mean, this room will not be enough. Okay? So we should pray. How about we all pray that prayer together? Let's go. Lord. Give me one fruit per year, remaining fruit, healthy fruit, fruit that is healthy just as I am.
what we are, we reproduce. That's the principle. It's a principle of life. I mean, how can I expect a turtle to produce a donkey? I mean, that would be like, come on. <laughs> I, you just, what you are, that's what you produce. You are a lover of Jesus, you produce that. You are a lover of the world, you produce that. You love to contact the Lord in the morning, you reproduce that. What you are, that's what you produce. So if we are healthy, that's what we produce. I was uh, in Costa Rica this last weekend uh, to visit uh, Sister Campus Club there. And th this verse came out very strongly. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness. Behold, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life that you and your seed may live. Why do we choose life? It will affect me, but also it will affect my seed, my little ones. It's not just for me. It affects others. Okay? Now, the next slide is so wonderful because it talks about the joy of fruit bearing. Oh, you want to be a happy Christian? For the rest of your life, I tell you, you have to enter into this matter of fruit bearing. That makes us really, really happy and joyful. Okay? Um, look at John 15, 11. How about uh, brothers? You read that verse and sisters. 1 Thessalonians 2, 20. Go ahead. These, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. Wow, sisters. For you are our glory and joy. That joy that the Lord is talking about in John 15. It's there. In the chapter of fruit bearing, joy is mentioned in a most definite way. My joy may be in you. Imagine, the joy of the Lord can be in you. And your joy may be made full, abundant. Right? And who is that joy? Why is that joy? Paul told the Thessalonian believers, you are our glory. You are our joy. So, fruit bearing is a joyful matter. And I tell you, you have to believe me. Remember, if you want to be a joyful Christian, a happy one, you must have, eventually, sooner or later, I hope soon, somebody else you care for as a spiritual child. Okay, it says here, maybe, sisters, how about you read the first bullet? Go ahead. You see, yes, he is our joy, and we enjoy him. And he will, he will allow us to go, maybe, I don't know, weeks, months, years, without, you know, fruit. But sooner or later, you will, you will hit this wall that unless I have somebody else, I just lost my taste for Christ. I feel like my Christian life is a routine now. It's dry. It's lifeless, joyless. Okay? Then the next bullet, brothers, go ahead. If we have two or three spiritual children under 
under our care. They will be our comfort, strengthening, encouragement, and daily joy year-round. And we will feel that we know the meaning of our Christian life. Oh, you want to know better the meaning of your Christian life? Then have always, always. Make this your goal. While I'm in college, every semester, having one or two under my care. Then you will find the meaning of your Christian life. Otherwise, it says, on the other hand, if we do not have anyone under our spiritual care, we may wonder what the purpose of being a Christian is. And the enjoyment of Christ will eventually lose its taste. We don't want to reach that point. Okay? Now, we all have to pray saying, let's pray all together. That one. Go. I hope we really come back to that prayer again and again. And we tell the Lord, Lord, I mean business. Make me a fruitful branch. Lord, I hate barrenness. We have to hate it. We have to be desperate because barrenness has become almost like our friend. Barrenness can be sitting next to us. While we are in a meeting, while we are shouting, while we are praising, and we don't realize he's sitting next to us. And we can go that way, meeting after meeting, year after year, without realizing that this enemy of ours has become almost our friend. We have to hate barrenness and love fruit bearing. Okay, so we have to pray that. Then... <clears throat> The opportunity for fruit-bearing. This is the opportunity of your life. There is no other time that is better for you than this. You're surrounded with friends and classmates. On this campus alone, 50,000 people. And every single year, God sends 8,500 new freshmen Compare that to when you go to that cubicle, when you go to that clinic, when you go to that office. You, you, your fishing pond like UT is reduced to a small container with a few, two or three fish around you. This is the time of your life. It's the opportunity of fruit bearing, okay? And this quote comes from 1877. Could you believe since that time? How about we all read that quote together? Let's go. Could you believe that quote? You, a student on this campus, can do more in leading other students to Jesus during your college course than you could ever do in a lifetime afterward. Just compare these four years now with any other four years, the same amount of time, uh, you know, in your near future. You can do more now 
Because every time you lead someone to Christ and care for him, you are reproducing yourself. And you have to make your goal. When I leave this campus, when I graduate, I have to leave behind some children that I loved and cared for and who have the same desire, the same feeling, the same burden to gain somebody else. You have to be like the Lord Jesus. He was here three and a half years. And when he left in Matthew 28, what he left behind was a group of 12, or 11, I should say, a group of 11. And then he ascended. When the time of your ascension comes, you have to leave behind a little group that are just like you. Okay? Graduate with that. I pose to you a challenge. Your commencement ceremony. You have four there as your GPA. Four children who are there in the multitude. And when they call Nathaniel Uribari, the four kids are there. You are graduating with a 4.0, brother. That has to be in our heart. I must graduate with four. It's not too much. God asks us for one a year. It's not that hard. You are a branch. He's the vine. He has the riches. Everything you have. Okay? And you have companions. We will see in the next one. Oh, by the way, the, the, the verse there, Ephesians 5, 16. How about we, we read it together? Go. That's for, a, for an alternate version, but the, the Greek word for opportunity, right? In many versions, is rendered, in many Bible versions, is rendered time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Time there is not chronos. The typical word for time is kairos, which means opportunity. You have to redeem the opportunity that you have now as a college student. Then we go to the last one, and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about the practical way to bear fruit. Okay, here are some practical steps. And I pray now, and I have prayed before, that you will have ears to hear this. If you could just consider these three simple points and endeavor with others, with your companions, to put them into practice, I believe the Lord will have a way on this campus. You will bear fruit that remains. You will be a happy Christian a happy branch. Number one, forming a small group. That's the first thing. Okay, how about you read that one first? That is in John 15. We cannot bear fruit individually. Okay, in John uh, chapter 15, right, the life of a branch is very simple. I'm going to show it with a diagram for you. A branch, oops, okay, I don't know.
Okay. Meryl, maybe you can help me with the, the iPad, with your drawing. Um, Okay, so. Yes, good. And the thickness and everything, right? Yeah, you can change that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like that. Okay, here, here comes the diagram that I wanted to show you. Um, very simple. Okay, a branch. First of all, a branch. abides in the vine. Here's the vine, and a branch abides. That's your connection to God. That's your being grafted into Christ. That's you're not allowing any barrier to be in between you and him. You abide every day. And then number two, a branch has fellow branches that he loves. So you love your companions. I'm going to use here the word companions. And the key word there is love. You love your companions. And when you have these two things, you are abiding in the vine, and you are loving one another, right? Then you have remaining fruit. Right here, the, the third dimension. That's fruit. And this fruit remains. Okay. That's the life of a branch. That's what we are doing here on this campus. What am I doing here, Alan? I'm abiding in Christ. What else? I have some companions. And we love one another. And what else? We have the purpose to bear remaining fruit. And after four years, you got your four GPA. <laughs> How about that? Very simple, right? Okay, so now, can we come back? <laughs> so the first point, the, the way, the practical way to bear fruit, number one, is to form a small group. You must have companions, two or three, okay? Then number two, we have to pray together. Oh, you know, this is so neglected by many of us, but that's the primary matter within the small group. How about we all read that uh, on their praying together? Go. Once we have formed a small group, the primary matter that we should attend to is prayer. It would be very good for the members of the small group to meet once a week simply to pray. Such meetings are very important. Would you consider, would you make a, 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 a vow with, before the Lord? Lord, Make us this kind of group. The primary matter within us is, or among us, is to pray. Can you, can some of you, I have been asking this in the places where I go. I have been asking this in, with the students in Germany, and in Costa Rica, in Peru. 
can somebody, can a group be formed that every week set aside a time just to pray? Just to pray. Don't do anything else. Just pray. Uh, I, I, I received a lot of help uh, from Kerry years ago. Uh, even, I don't know if you have your notebook, but he used to carry a prayer little notebook where you write the names, make a list of the people, friends, classmates that you are burdened for. And when you get together with your group, you pray. Can you set aside a time with your small group just to pray? Okay, that's the primary thing with that small group on the campus. Then, here comes the magic. Here comes the real. This is when we make business. <laughs> like an oyster that opens. That's your small group. And then you receive. You let that new one or the, that friend come into that small group. And whatever that small group does, that new one also does with you. And I'm not talking about reading the Bible, praying, and going to Bible studies. I'm talking about going to the store together, going to the gym together, right? Going to the library together, going to have lunch together. I'm talking about normal, human, proper things together. That is, you, the small group, have become their new society, the circle of friends that they are longing for to find on this campus. You, the small group, that little oyster, have become their society. That's when we win. That's it. It's just amazing. It works. Small group, number one, pray. We have to pray. Okay? Set aside the time. I just was in Costa Rica. I told you. It's the same thing I told them. Actually, they are starting this coming Monday, their new academic year in Costa Rica, March 11. And I challenge them. Wouldn't it be wonderful that you, my dear brothers and sisters, will go to that campus on Monday at 7 a.m. and just pray for the new semester? And then go in small groups and set aside a time. Every week, just set aside a small time. If it is too hard for you, 15 minutes just to pray for your content. And then you let those new ones invade you. Just like the Lord Jesus. He allowed people to come into not just his ministry, but his life. In John chapter 1, you can see this. The two disciples of John came to him, Rabbi, where are you dwelling? And he said, come and see. And it was 10 a.m. in the morning, and it says that they spent the whole day with him. Imagine to spend the whole day with the incarnated triune God. <laughs> he only had three and a half years on this earth, but he was willing to spend a whole day with these two. That's what I'm talking about. If you can do these two things with people, everything will be fine. John chapter 1, where I just described, spend the whole day with them. Hang out. If you can hang out with people, number one, hang out. Not just invite them. Okay. Thursday ministry meeting, you know, come every week and then see you next week. No, no. Hang out with people. If you, if you can do this. And then number two, John 13, verse 1. He loved them to the othermost. He loved them to the end. If you can love people, if you combine these two things, you hang out with people and you love them, we win them. 
Okay. Okay, so this is, I think I took more time than what I was supposed to do, but maybe you can share something. How about we pray? We pray with our neighbor and then we just share from you, from you wherever you are. Let's have some response to what the Lord spoke tonight. Okay, let's pray.